This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. We're going to get rolling tonight. You're real close there to the book of James. Just back to your left. Let's start in the book of James chapter 2 tonight. And again, we're, we've been talking about faith here on Wednesday nights forever, it seems like. And um, several months ago, the Lord just put on my heart. He said, man, what, what better way to learn faith is to go back to the Faith Hall of Fame. That's all of Hebrews chapter 11. Now, I'm going to get there in a minute. And as, as we go there tonight, I think it's very beneficial for every one of us that we put ourselves in the story. How does that, how does that pertain to me right now in my life? And you'll see how it looks. Now, when we talk about the things of God, it's not what you know, it's what you do with what you know. Again, I can know the Bible inside out, but it doesn't do me no good unless I go ahead and obey it and I do it, okay? So again, what you're going to hear tonight is things within the Bible, and you're going to get knowledge, and that knowledge is a good thing. He said to the, to the prophet Hosea, he said, my people perish for lack of knowledge. They don't know what's there. So again, the Bible's going to give us knowledge tonight, but that knowledge only does good when I act upon that. Now with that statement, we begin in James chapter number 2, verse 17. Thus also, faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. Now, many times tonight, you're going to hear me in this first passage here that when it talks about works, it's literally talking about corresponding actions. In other words, what I do with the Word of God is verification of the things that I've heard. So again, I've got to step out by faith, and I've got to begin to do things. He goes on to say this. But someone will say, you have faith, and I have works. Show me your faith without your works, and I will show you my faith by my works or my corresponding actions. Now again, my works here can be my actions and my labors with the things of God, but but these works, they show the genuineness of what we profess or what we believe. So how, how what you believe and what you speak is shown is what you do. It's manifested in my actions. Verse 19. You believe that there is one God? You do well. Now watch this statement here. But even the demons believe and tremble. So you know what he just said? It's a great thing for you to believe in God. But the devils believe in God. You know, the difference between what the devil does and what we're supposed to do is we're supposed to obey what God tells us to. They don't obey. So the proof that I believe in God is my actions that verify it. And so this is what he begins to get over to. Now we keep reading here. But do you you want to know, oh foolish man? Now listen, listen to what he says. But do you want to know, O foolish man, that faith without works or corresponding actions is dead? So just just what he said right there. 
If I don't put a little walkie-walkie with my talkie-talkie here like he's talking about, then guess what he labeled me? He labeled me a foolish man. I don't want to be a foolish man. So again, I've got to obey the Scriptures, not just know them. Verse 21. Now look at the analogy here. Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac his son on the altar? Now remember what God said to him. God said, I want you to take your son Isaac and I want you to take him to the hills of Moriah and I want you to offer him. Now this is what God asked him to do. So what would have happened if Abraham would have said, you know, God, I believe everything you're saying, but he blew it off and didn't do any of it. But he said, I believe it. I believe what you said. He would have never been called the father of many nations. It would have never happened. So you begin to see right here with the analogy that Abraham was given. He said, listen, this is what I'm asking you to do. This is what the Word's telling you to do. But actually, this is not going to benefit you at all unless you obey it. Verse 22. Do you see that faith was working together? It was cooperating together. It was collaborating together with His works. And by His works, faith was made perfect. So guess what? Our our faith or our works, they show the genuineness of what we profess. That's the proof. The proof of the pudding's in the eating right there. So Abraham and faith, it, it works together. Now, turn back just a little bit to your left to Hebrews chapter 11. You're real close there. So again, we get a little bit of an idea. Now, through this passage here, this, the rest of the evening, you're going to see that the, the, the man we talk about tonight, how he had the opportunity, do I believe God and do I trust God? Do I step out and I obey what God's asking? So we begin in Hebrews chapter 11. We're now at verse number 7. By faith, Noah, being divinely warned, he was divinely warned. What was he divinely warned of? Of things not yet seen. You know what that sounds like to me? That sounds like faith. Where do I get that from? Hebrews 11 one says, Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So anytime I can see a promise from God, even though I may not be able to see it with my natural eyes, I can still believe it. So God shows up and he divinely warns Noah of things not yet seen. Now keep reading. And you're going to see why he's in this passage or why he's in the Faith Hall of Fame. He was moved with godly fear. The New Living says he obeyed God. He acted on what he was told. So it said, he, he, he was moved with godly fear. And he prepared an ark. Now think about this right here. God shows up and he warns him of something that had never been seen. Now there's two things in there that had never been seen. There had never been a flood. And there had never been an ark built. 
And so God divinely warns him. And so guess what he's got to do? He's got to step out by faith. And he thinks, man, this doesn't make sense. But yet God told me to do it. And so because God told me to do it, I'm going to go ahead and obey. This rest of the night, you're going to see how incredible this guy is. Named Noah. And so he prepared an ark. What did he prepare an ark for? For the saving of his household. He believed God. Keep reading. And by which he condemned the world. Now, what you begin to see right here is that there was a sharp line that that Noah drew between evil and good. And when it says he condemned the world, if you study this out, for 120 years, day after day, he would warn people and say, I'm going to tell you, you better repent, you better get your heart right, because there's going to be a flood. It's going to wipe people out. And you know what they would do? They would laugh and they would mock at him. And so Noah's obedience to God made him appear strange. Even some people probably thought, he's crazy. He's different. He wasn't popular. He was rejected day after day after day. And so he goes on to say, he condemned the world and he became heir of righteousness, which is according to faith. And so the, the things of God, remember this is, this is where we were last week in 2 Corinthians. Said so the things of God are foolish to man. They're foolishness to man. So can you imagine, here this guy is for 120 years building this ark, and he's telling people they're gonna, the, the, the world's going to get flooded, and they looked and said, you're crazy. It's, it's foolish. But here this man is now in the Faith Hall of Fame. Now, to really understand this, go all the way back to the very first uh, chapter or the first book of the Bible, Genesis chapter number 6. Genesis chapter 6. And as you're turning there, if we could ask, Abraham, or if we could ask Noah some questions, if he could come back tonight, say, Noah, how was it when you were living? You know what he'd say? It was bad. It was real bad. But you know what? Because I chose to live for God, God confided in me. God divinely warned me of what was going to take place. Now we begin with this in verse number 5. Genesis 6 verse 5. Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth. And that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil Continually. Now, as I looked at what he's saying there, the, the degeneration of the human race was proceeding rapidly. And if you'll note one of the very first things it says, then the Lord saw the wickedness of man. One translation said, he observed the wickedness of man. So this is where I want you to put yourself in this story, okay? Okay. God still observes mankind. What do you think God sees in our our nation, our city, our nation, our world on a daily basis? He observes it every day. 
And I can just tell you this, part of what you're going to see tonight is that history repeats itself. So there's a warning in here to me and you, okay? Keep reading, verse 6. And the Lord was sorry that he had made man on the earth, and he was grieved in his heart. Now, what that is talking about literally here, he wasn't mad that he made people. He was upset because people never fulfilled the aspirations that God had for them. In other words, God had so much more for them, but they chose a life of sin instead of coming to him. Verse number 7. So the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I've created from the face of the earth, both men and beasts, creeping things, birds of the air, for I am sorry that I've made him. Now watch this. But Noah found grace or favor in the eyes of the Lord. Now when I I look at this, I think, okay, the world's bad, it's corrupt, it's violent, it's bad, bad, bad. But yet this one man, it says that he found grace in the eyes of the Lord. So guess what that tells me? The Lord saw something within this man named Noah. He observed something within him that was different, and that's why he found grace and he found favor. It wasn't just because he was lucky. He chose. Now watch how it says the reason he found grace in his eyes. Verse 9. This is the genealogy of Noah. Noah was a just man. He was perfect. Now that word means blameless and he lived with integrity. Okay? In his generation. And Noah walked with God. He lived for God. Day by day by day. And when I read this, this was a long, 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 long term commitment. Remember, he's surrounded by ungodliness everywhere he looks. But it's a long-term commitment, day by day by day, because again, it was a 120-year process. His obedience to God for 120 years was was longer than most of our lifetime will be. (laughs) I mean, you see the diligence, the faithfulness, and God began to take note. Keep reading. And Noah begot three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Now, I'm just going to go ahead and add some things in there because when I read the Jewish commentaries, it points out stuff. On this, if you look at the order of birth right here, normally the order of birth in a Hebrew family, the oldest son was revealed first. Not in this one. Shem was revealed first. Japheth was the oldest. And the reason it says this is that Shem was a man in incredible wisdom. Um, in 1 Samuel, when... Samuel went to anoint the next king of Israel, and he went to Jesse, the the Bethlehemite's house, and and he said, bring all your boys out here, I want to see them. The very first one he brought out was his oldest son, Eliab. So again, I'm just telling you, the order was usually the oldest. But in this situation, if you were to study this guy named Shem, Shem was incredibly godly. I mean, for generations... Young men would go and study under Shem. So I have to look at this and I think, okay. Noah must have placed such stuff in his sons biblically. Noah must have been good about telling his sons, this is the deal, boys. K. 
Keep reading. They didn't have a lot to do with the story tonight, but I just threw it in there. Verse 11. The earth was also corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. More accurately, lawlessness. The word lawlessness means they were unruly and they were unrestrained. So it, it was crazy sin, just going on everywhere. Kind of like America. Again, history repeats itself. So God looked upon the earth, and indeed it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted their way on the earth. Man, evil had taken over. But this one man named Noah, he chose not to participate with them. So here's what you see out of that verse right there. In this thing called life, every one of us in this room, we're either going to be influenced or we are influencing. One or the other. And this was a man who said, I'm not going to allow the world to influence me. Keep reading. And God said to Noah, The end of all flesh has come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them, and behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Now what this literally states is they became so evil, they forfeited their right to exist. Now, I'm not God. But there must come a time in mankind's life that it gets so bad that God says, enough. Romans 6.23 says the wages of sin is death. There is a compensation for living in sin. Keep reading. Verse 14. Make yourself an ark of gopher wood. Make rooms in the ark and cover it inside, outside with pitch. And this is how you shall make it. The length of the ark shall be 300 cubits. It's width 50 cubits. It's height 30 cubits. You shall make a window for the ark, and you shall finish it to a cubit from above and set the door of an ark inside. You shall make it with lower, second, and third decks. Now again, this had never been done. But yet, God confides in this man named Noah. Now here's what experts say. The dimensions of the ark, when he made it, they were perfect for floating dead wood. When they look at these, all the experts say, this was the perfect example. Now, when God told him to do all this, this had never been done before. So he could have looked at God and said, God, I believe everything you're telling me. But what would you think would have happened to Noah if he said, God, I believe everything you're telling me. But he said, we don't have to build that ark. We can do whatever we want. So now we begin to see something. Faith with corresponding actions. His actions were, he heard what God told him to do it, and he stepped out by faith. Now again, remember, he had never seen a flood. It had never taken place like that. So this was all new, but guess what he had to do? He stood out by faith and said, because I've got a, a, a heavenly father that warned me and told me, I choose to believe him. 
I choose to believe him. See, it's the same with the word of God for me and you. I choose to believe him. Why? Because God said so. Verse 17. And behold, I myself am bringing floodwaters on the earth to destroy from under heaven all flesh in which is the breath of life. Everything that's on the earth shall die. Now again, he's confiding with Noah. You know what I found now? Whether it was in Noah's days, whether it was in Abraham's days, or whether it's in God's day or our days, God still confides with humans. God still loves to fellowship with humans. He looks down and says, that's my boy, that's my girl. Man, when we begin to obey God and we step out faith, can you, can you imagine what was going on on the inside of him? He's got people mocking him day after day after day. Now, this is where it really gets good. Verse 18. But I will establish my covenant with you, and you shall go into the ark, you, your sons, your wives, your sons, your wives with you. Now, if you count them up, there's eight. Noah and his wife, Shem and his wife, Ham and his wife, Japheth and his wife. See, again, just because we have large numbers doesn't mean we're healthy. In this situation, only eight made it. Now, there's a nugget in here, too. Pay close attention with what he just said. Who would go on the boat? Noah and his wife and his sons and their wives. Why do I highlight to that? Because God knew the only way the earth would have reproduction again would come through these right here. Now watch where he goes with this. Verse 19. And every living thing of all flesh, you shall bring two of every sort into the ark to keep them alive with you. They shall be male and they shall be female. That's a nugget. You know what he's telling us there? The only way there's reproduction is through man and woman. If it's of God, it can reproduce. This was what God said, okay? Things that make you go, hmm. Hmm. I'm going to move on or I could really get in trouble. Verse 20. Of the birds after their kind, of animals after their kind, and of the creeping things of the earth, its kind, two of every kind will come to you and keep them alive. And you shall take for yourself of all the flood that is eaten, and you shall gather to yourself, and it shall be food for you and for them. Now, what would have happened if Noah would have blown it all off and said, he's crazy. God is crazy. This doesn't make any sense. Build this ark. i got to get two of all the giraffes, two of all the lions. Male, female, i got to do this. i got to get all this food. But yet there was something within this man when all the other population said, we don't believe it, but he did. And I look and I think, no wonder he's in the Faith Hall of Fame. This guy was incredible. Verse 22. Oh, I love this right here. Thus Noah did. Thus Noah did. According to all that God commanded him, so he did. So Noah's obedience 
is a model of God working in tandem with human beings here on the earth to establish his kingdom purposes here. And so Noah did. Noah's faith demonstrated the work. You know what it says to me here? Noah's faith said, I believe God, even when I don't fully understand everything that's going to take place. Chapter 7, verse 1. Then the Lord said to Noah, Come into the ark, you and all your household, because I've seen that you are righteous before me in this generation. God saw him again. And God said, You're righteous in this generation. You've chose to be godly in an ungodly world. Now, Tarn, I was going to have you go a little further. The reference was 2 Peter 2, verses 4 through 6. I'll paraphrase it. But when I begin to see this, with, with this in this passage here, Noah just didn't talk the talk. He walked the walk. He actually did what God said he, he, he was supposed to do. See, that separates us. See, it's one thing to talk about. The, it's another thing to obey the things of God. Even in difficult situations, even when you're laughed at, when you're mocked. And so the analogy I was going to take you into in 2 Peter, it says that even the angels that rebelled against God, they are held in a chamber for judgment at the end time. There's going to be judgment on them at the end time. The next verse, that was verse 4, 2 Peter 2 verse 5 says that even the ones with Abraham, they were going to be judged. You know what it's talking about? Abraham warned all those people of Sodom and Gomorrah. He warned Lot and said, this is what's going to happen. So every time mankind or even the angels rebelled against God, there were consequences. It was with the angels. It was in the day of Lot. Everything was wiped out. If you remember, you know how many made it that day? Four for just a little bit. And then Lot's wife got crazy and disobeyed God. and poof, She was gone. So three made it. Why do I tell us this? That's why I said, get yourself in the story. History will repeat itself. And this thing called life, the farther we go in serving God, it's funneling this way rapidly. If you've been on this earth very long, you're, you're seeing things you've never seen. I mean, I'm not old at all, but I've seen some things now, and I'm telling you, this thing is, is moving rapidly. And I'm, I'm not saying this to put fear in you. Turn or burn. I'm not saying that. I'm saying, though, man, I'm telling you, i got to live like, like God desires me to. And you're not going to win a popularity contest if you think nowadays everybody's going to say, Whoa, you love Jesus. I'm going to tell you right now, you mention Jesus, they'll probably tell you you're number one. Not with this finger either. I'm just preparing you. It was the same as in, in, in uh, Lot's days and it's the same way in, in Noah's days. And, and guess what the Bible says? As it was in the days of Noah, so it will be in the second coming of the Lord. 
So it's going to look very similar in my time's up, so you got to stand up. Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com.